my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off Podcast Show. My name is Julie Turney. I am your host. How are you doing today? Where are you picking this show up from? Wherever you are in the world, I hope that you're having an amazing day. Remember, the HR Sound Off Podcast Show is created by an HR professional for HR professionals, Magnifying HR Voices. And today, I am magnifying the voice of... One of my dear friends, took us a while to get here, but we are here, joining from the beautiful island of Antigua and Barbuda, Laurie Luard. Laurie, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. I am wonderful, Julie. Thank you so much for having me today from Antigua and Barbuda. It's a half decent day today, a little bit cloudy outside, but but in Antigua, we don't complain about rain. We love it. Yes, we need the rain. Yep. We need the rain, so thank you for it. Well, today is a very rainy day here in Barbados, so oh, wow. it's so dark outside, and the rain is falling very heavy intermittently. Wow. Okay, I ventured Send outside. Yeah, I ventured outside once, and I had to pull over in the car park of a hardware store because I couldn't see two inches in front of me. Wow. That was terrible. But anyway, I okay. made it home. All right, thank you. So let's tell our audience a little bit about who is Laurie Luard. What is your HR story? How did you get into HR? Well, um, Laurie Luard, who is um, Laurie Luard? I'm an antique. I'm an Antiguan now, but I'm a Cartesian by birth, born and raised. I'm okay. Antiguan by, I like to say, association, but officially by marriage. I've been just today. I was telling a colleague of mine. I've now been living in Antigua for longer than I've lived in St. Kitts. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I guess I'm really Antiguan now. Yes. My HR story is, well, I'm one of those persons that I guess I can say um, HR chose me. Mm-hmm. Um, originally going to school all the way up to A-levels, I did sciences. And now mm-hmm. I am in the business world. I don't know what, what that means, but I mm-hmm. remember my first job in Antigua was at Cable and Wireless, which dates me because no one says Cable and Wireless no anymore. No one says Cable and Wireless anymore. It's so, low, right? Right. <laughs> so, and the HR manager there, one day he met me walking in the corridors and he said, young man, how are you? Fine. What do you want to, what are you, what are your plans for your future? What are you doing as a career? I said, psychology, because that's exactly what I wanted. That's exactly what I wanted to study. He said, no, you're not doing psychology. You're doing HR. Well, and just like that. <laughs> and and was, this was an older gentleman. I mean, probably getting ready to retire. We don't have um, much um, males in in the profession. And he said, That's "You're doing right. because I've looked at you. You know, um, relating with your with your peers and the conversations that you would have, and how you would even talk to persons who are older than you, and you know the advice and the recommendation. I think that you would do very well in the HR field. Okay, that was that until maybe what? about three years later." Mm-hmm. Uh, 
scholarship opportunity came up and the scholarship was for public administration, like mm-hmm. public sector management. Right. And when I went off to, to university, I realized that I could do a double major, public sector management and human resources. Mm-hmm. And as I say, the rest is history. When I returned home, um, my first mentor in HR was Ambassador Joan Underwood, which mm-hmm. um, gave me that drive and helped me to see what my options were in HR. And mm-hmm. I've just grown, I think, with her help and been able to to explore some of the options available to me, not just in HR field, but also um, people development, which is what persons call it now. I work very closely with young, young persons mm-hmm. because in my mind, the more young persons I help, the better it is for us as HR, especially when we get some of those scary resumes. Yes. Look at it and say, look, how can we help them to help us? Because nowadays the, the job market is such that you put out an ad, an ad for a vacancy and sometimes it's something very entry level and you end up getting 1,400 resumes to, mm-hmm. to look through. And how do you, I teach them and try and encourage them to, how to make that first impression on paper, how to sell themselves on paper, yeah. you know, um, making those initial four seconds count. So I do a lot of work with, with young people. And so my, that's where my passion is. I'm a teacher by nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I teach everything from mathematics to um, for preparation for CXC, um, oh, wow. grade six preparation for, for national assessments, um, I teach um, Spanish to English speakers. I used to do English to Spanish speakers, not so much uh, anymore. Um, so I I love teaching. I love you know seeing mm-hmm. people develop, seeing people reach their their potential. Because sometimes you know um, the 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 whole idea is having someone to show you sometimes some things that you don't see in yourself. Someone did that yeah. for me, so I'm consider myself paying it forward. Awesome. That's an amazing story, Laurie. I feel like I learned so many new things about you that I didn't know before. I think I knew that you were, were a cartesian. And when we say cartesian, we're talking about you're from born Saint in St. Kitts and right. Nevis. Yes. Okay. Right. But I, I feel the same way too, in terms of where I'm from, where I was born and where, where I live because I was born in the UK, but I live in Barbados and I've lived in Barbados more than I lived in the UK. So I told, I totally get that. But, um, that someone could see something in you in the workplace, ask you a question and then just tell you where your future is going to be. I think that's a first for me in terms of hearing someone's HR story that in that way. Right. And also the importance of having a mentor and Mm. shout out to Ambassador Joan Underwood. She's absolutely amazing. Um, And I know a lot of people, she supports a lot of HR professionals across the region and she's just an amazing voice and there's so much to learn from her. So I guess in your way, you're kind of paying it forward now in that yeah. you're helping young people, seeing something in them and helping them and supporting them. Right. So what advice would you have for any HR professionals listening to this podcast today who may be struggling with finding a mentor? Well, 
for me, it's well, for me, it came, it came easy. But from what I've seen for persons who are searching for that mentor or sometimes a coach is it may not necessarily be an HR person right. who is willing to, to, to help you to get okay. to that next level. Um, because I've had after Ambassador on or other than Ambassador on, because I like to think she's still my mentor. We spoke mm-hmm. this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so and there are other persons who would have poured into me um, and not all of them are HR related. Some of them just on, on different levels, um, academics, just spirituality and mm-hmm. um, getting grounded and or remaining, remaining grounded. So sometimes you're looking for someone to take you to that next level and if HR is your field, sometimes you're looking for an HR person, but you look for someone who you respect and someone who can understand you and communicate with you and and communicate directly, not necessarily a little person who's telling you exactly what you want to hear. Right. Um, because sometimes it's very important. Like I was on a path, a different path, and someone just looked at me mm-hmm. and said, hey, no psychology, you're doing HR. Wasn't what I wanted to hear until... Right. Um, the opportunity came and I was able to study and then it, it caught on then. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea is to sometimes look outside the box, broaden your horizon. So even if you're in HR, you might be looking for someone in HR with experience in HR. And one of my, um, the quotes that I like is even a broken clock is right twice a day. So you can mm. learn anything from anybody. Yes. Um, so I tend to look at a lesson in everything because another thing mm-hmm. I like to say is if you don't learn the lesson, then you have to repeat the class. Mm-hmm. Um, so the quicker you learn the lesson, the, the, the quicker you move on um, yes. to something else and to grow and to stretch. So find someone, look for someone. Don't pigeonhole yourself to, I'm in HR, I'm looking for an HR man, HR man, yeah. someone who you respect, someone who would have accomplished things, someone who is... Um, at the point where you think you would need to be someday and just, you mm-hmm. know, asking questions. How did you get there? Could you help me um, if they're willing to help and so on? So that's that's what it looks for. Someone who is where you would want to be, someone yeah. who who's doing things that you think you want to do. Like one of the things I really want to branch off and know is facilitating, speaking, a sort of, you know, branching off from teaching and mm-hmm. classrooms just, you know, um, especially with adult learners and that kind of thing. So um, mm-hmm. it's definitely something that I'm looking at and, and looking at for the next stage. Might have mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I heard so many gems in there, but the one that stood out for me the most was when you're looking for a mentor, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone in HR. Yeah. And I highly recommend that as well. I think I've learned a lot from People in HR, yes, but I think where I've really built my skill the most is when I've been mentored by people who are specialists in the areas that I'm trying to develop myself in. So when I was struggling with um, data analytics and how to make the best out of the data that I was using, that I was getting out of the HRS systems, I actually... um, found a mentor who was a data scientist and it helped me so much in terms of, I saw things in the data space that I'd never seen before. Right. 
and I started working with analysts and that helped me in so many different ways to gain a new appreciation for the potential that data people data has in the organization. Right. I am now, I consider myself a data geek when it comes to people and HR and using those kind of things. So I absolutely agree with you. And when I first was, when I got my first leadership role in HR and I knew that one of the things I needed to understand was the finances of it all in order to be able to articulate my ask and request the HR budget. I, made sure that I made friends with my CFO. And I learned a lot from my CFO and my um, financial controller about mm. those financial statements, how they appear in the meetings, what it is I need to be looking for from a people perspective, what they're looking for, what the CEO is looking for. And it made a huge difference. Right. Um, so I absolutely agree that find people who are the specialists that can help you sharpen your HR skills and they don't necessarily have to be in HR. So And here's another wild one. That the uh -huh. person doesn't your mentor doesn't necessarily have to be someone who's older than you. That's oh that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Because we can learn a lot from every generation. Yeah. We can we, learn a lot from every generation. And sometimes, I absolutely you know, agree. Being older we miss things or we, you know, don't see things necessarily from a certain perspective because we would have, you know, we have blinders on maybe. Um, mm -hmm. Certain things sometimes, you know, culturally speaking, age-wise, we just miss things because we never looked at it. And then sometimes having someone who is able to see it from another perspective gives us that that aha moment. Yes. I just be looking for. Yeah. Yes, totally. Thank you for sharing that. And I hope that our, our I know our audience is going to appreciate that. So thank you for sharing that. I, I want to ask you, because I heard somewhere in between there as well, that you also teach mathematics for CXE, you teach Spanish, English to Spanish or Spanish to English, or you were doing that at some point. Yeah, so, Laurie, you're a very busy guy. Where, where do you find the time to do those extra things? Like, well, what drives not, you? For me... Sometimes it gets too much and I have to pull back and say no. And one of the mm -hmm. things I had to learn um, is how to say no, um, because you you just think that you've been given so much, you're trying to give back. So yes. that's why I said I don't do so much the English to Spanish speakers anymore. Um, I am um, an adjunct lecturer at the Antigua and Barbuda Hospitality Training Institute. Mm -hmm. So I, I do their... Um, Intro to management, intro to human resource management, um, entrepreneurship, and Spanish. I used awesome. to do um, culinary matters as well, but I gave what? that one because it was just too much. Um, mm -hmm. And I still have a nine to five, and I have yes. a family. We're empty nesters now because our son is off to university, and we only have okay. one child. So, mm -hmm. um, so that helps. Um, and then I am immediate past president of the local HR association. So it just got yes. to be. But it's about, you know, um, managing the time. So, for example, mm -hmm. for when it came to HRPAP, the local HR association, that was my Wednesdays. Um, so anything I had to do for HR got, HRPAP got fit into my Wednesday. So my Wednesday right. afternoons, um, third Wednesday is meetings, but whether or not it's a general meeting, anything I had to do, um, make calls, contact persons, we would have executive meetings, everything fit into a Wednesday. So I know I couldn't take any schedules for teaching at the Hospitality Institute on Wednesdays because Wednesdays right. were my HR right. 
Um, so it was, it's just a matter of, of time management and sometimes Correct. learning to say no. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Yes. Um, because of your desire to pay it forward, understanding that you have to have some kind of boundaries to protect your mental health, which leads me to the question of our own, you know, being so busy, what are some of the things that you do to take care of you and protect your mental health? Yeah. Well, when I'm actually at home having an, an off afternoon, mm-hmm. um, I would... Those? Oh, wow. Sorry? <laughs> you have those? <laughs> when I have an off afternoon, I, um, I, I, when I, I get home and whatever chores that's on the list to get done, I get that done. And I'm one of the... I, I like TV. Um, when I do okay. get a chance to, I could watch, I could binge, I could binge a Sunday afternoon and watch something all over. I'm, I'm now back on Suits again from Netflix. One of those people that's falling okay. in love with Suits again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do do the Netflix. Um, sometimes um, some reading, some podcasts. I love the outdoors. So every Saturday morning, I'm hiking somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. If it's not a strenuous hike, um, I would do you know an extra long walk, eight nine miles. Um, so every Saturday morning, wow. um, and sometimes one or two other mornings, I'm an early riser. I'm up at four, four fifteen every morning, except uh-huh. Sundays. Um, okay. Sundays I sleep until I wake up. No alarms, no anything. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know how the body works. If it's accustomed to doing four, four fifteen, then I have to beat it back into submission to get back. Yes. In, yeah, to get another ah. hour and a half. <laughs> so um, I do. I'm an early riser, and I think that's how I sometimes get to squeeze stuff in. But sometimes uh-huh. I. I'm hardly up after 11 p.m., um, right. so I, I go to bed early as well, so I get yeah. you know at least five, six hours in um, mm-hmm. of rest. Uh, but I, I love the outdoors. So I yeah. do hiking, um, different groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love you know discovering new trails, seeing Antigua from a different perspective. Yes. Um, a few Saturdays ago, I was telling some, some other persons in the group I, I was hiking with a Saturday side. I thought when I before I came to Antigua, before I started to hike around Antigua, they used to say that Antigua is flat. Right. No, Antigua isn't flat. It's just not no. as monstrous as some of our other islands. Right. Um, think it's for example, but there's some very good trails and just you know mm-hmm. that feeling of you know seeing the sunrise and seeing you know villages overlooking um, from a, from a rising or from a hillside. It's it's mm-hmm. what brings me peace yeah. um, on on the weekends, especially. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, I'm glad that you're finding time to take care of yourself because you are very busy professionally and with your family. So I know that you're also very passionate about Herpab. Um, And so I think that it's really important that you find practical ways to take care of you. And those areas that you share with us are definitely very good ways to take care of yourself. And you live on a beautiful island. Yeah, thank you. Um, so yeah. definitely um, taking those hikes, I think, is amazing. I feel the same way about Barbados, to be honest. Like, we always say Barbados is flatter than a, a pancake. We actually, we have a restaurant here called <laughs> Chefet, and they sell these chicken nuggets. And I remember flying over Barbados a couple of weeks back with my daughter, and she said, we're nothing but a nugget in a frying pan. But... <laughs> I can see, I can see that. I can see that. Actually, last time I was in Barbados, I tried to to hike, but that did with Celia, but that didn't work out. Um, But next time I have to make sure that I'm there for long enough so that I can actually get in some sites. And they have lots of great hiking trails. If you're going with Celia, you'll definitely get some great hiking in. 
Um, but ask her to take you to Cocoa Hill Forest for sure. Cocoa um, Hill that's okay. Cocoa Hill Forest. That's like one of the beautiful spaces. Um, right. You can go look out on and, and it's a great, has a great hiking trail as well through Cocoa Hill Forest. But yeah. same as you, um, Barbados is not mountainous like a lot of the other islands, but it does have some steep hills. Right. It really does. Yes. So let me ask you, what are you excited about in the space where in where HR is concerned? What has you excited about being in HR right now? What's happening around us now is that persons are becoming more and more business owners, leadership, more and more cognizant to realizing the fact more and more that HR is important. We're seeing less and yes. less of days where um, owners are thinking, oh, my wife can do the hiring or I can do the hiring and we don't need HR. They're not realizing that there are certain aspects of, of HR and business exposure, even financially and protecting your assets. Um, mm-hmm. I told um, someone the other day, did some consulting with that I'm not going to tell you that what I'm suggesting is going to make you money, but it will definitely save you money. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, having issues with, you know, onboarding, doing it the right way, just simple things as getting new hires to understand the culture of what you do, um, what we tolerate, what we would let slide if, and those kind of things, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes even those unwritten things that, yes. that we would do as an organization and we would not allow. Um, so getting persons to understand. And I think more and more now, that people are realizing it, business owners are seeing it, seeing that at least from in Antigua, seeing the need yeah. for it. Even smaller businesses are now reaching out to um, HRPAB and, and some of our consultants and saying, hey, I need help with onboarding. I need help with doing an HR audit. I remember doing an HR audit a few years ago, and at the end of it, the owner said, you know what, I think we're ready for a dedicated HR manager because the functions were, were being shared between the operations manager and the accountant. Mm-hmm. And she thought, okay, now it's time for us to have someone who's dedicated. And she was, you know, um, honest enough to come back and said, look, I don't know how we existed without this for so long and and didn't get into trouble, but um, it works. It really paid off and they were, they were happy for it. So that's what I'm seeing and that's what I'm excited yeah. about know that -hmm. people are no longer seeing HR as being higher fire and planning a Christmas party or having some cake for someone's birthday, but seeing the strategic value and even the daily operational value of ensuring little things that we skip over in the labor code, something as simple as making sure that a new hire signs their job description so that they acknowledge that they know exactly what they're being hired for and things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, That's becoming more and more commonplace than that excites me. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited too for those things. I think that COVID definitely did something good for HR, even though it was such a horrible thing for us to go through. But at the end of the day, I think that organizations have really recognized the value of, of HR and are using us more in a purposeful way, the way that we really right. are supposed to be used. So I'm definitely excited for that. And I'm excited to see how we as HR professionals are really stepping up to the the mantle and, you know, really doing some great things in organizations. Uh, so I'm very happy for that as well. So yes, yeah. I totally agree with you. That's definitely something to be excited about. Yes, it is. So tell us, Laurie. And Lori, the people what, development sorry. as well. Uh-huh. Sorry. 
Right. Go ahead, go ahead. For development as well, once you have that, that new appreciation coming in, it now puts the onus on us to continue learning um, and maybe unlearning some of the things um, because, you know, um, in this space and we're not going to talk too soon about the AI and the, mm-hmm. the, the chat GPT spaces and so on and the effect that it's already having on what having on what we do and not just us, other careers as well. But yes. just for us to end to to understand that if we do not adapt and get ready, um, a few years ago we were talking about digitization and dig- digitalization, and that mm-hmm. was a scary thing for a while. And now we're just now, you know, getting the hang of that. And here comes AI and ChatGPT and so on and so yeah. forth. So even in the education space, just if you don't, it's not the enemy, but finding ways to use it as a tool to make everything better. I think that's a good exactly. way to look at it. So it now puts us as professionals, practitioners in the position to, we have to learn, we have to adapt, otherwise we become extinct like the dinosaurs. That's right. Adapt or die. That's right. Yeah. And there are benefits to AI. You just have to, like you said, use it resourcefully and responsibly. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of it out there as well. And it's kind of like, how do you know which is the right one to choose? But with research and good support, you can meet in the middle yes. um, and use it effectively. So tell us, Laurie, I know you mentioned suits, but what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would appreciate? Right. Um, I am not an avid reader as I probably should be, but I do a lot of listening. Um, mm-hmm. For example, the that podcast, anything with, you know, taking HR to the next level. Um, just last evening, I was listening to a podcast that was um, talking about paying attention to emotions as a leader, as a progressive leader. Um, mm-hmm. Gone are the days when we are telling people to, um, leave your feelings at the door. Um, you know, we we're whatever your family issues are. Sorry, we don't bring them to work. I mean, that's improbable and probably unlikely to mm-hmm. to happen because they're people. So if you're having problems with your your children or with maybe your parent, because we have no persons in the workplace that are taking your children parents. and your mm-hmm. parents, and so you would have left the situation at home or. Your your mom probably was in the hospital um, in the hospital last night. You come to work. There's that focus issue, and so telling people to, you know, leave their their issues at the gate is not going to happen. So it just no. creates this 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 rift. And one of the the quotes that came that I remember from the podcast is, "As a leader, we have to leave with a strong mind and a mm-hmm. kind heart." So yes, we. Be firm with what you say, stick with what you believe in, but still mm-hmm. have the ability to understand that these team members are individuals. No one yes. person is the same. And I yes. guess it comes down to our emotional intelligence where mm-hmm. we're able to appreciate people, understand where they are and said, look, I see that you're not the best. I see you're not what you 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 can be or what you're accustomed, how you're accustomed to perform. Do you want to um, take the rest of the day and then come back tomorrow when you think you're right. Even, you know, getting a phone call at work that mm-hmm. someone is sick and eventually passed away, having that conversation um, about whether they need a, a, f- a few moments or a couple of days to catch themselves and, and things like that. And it's, it's, 
those are things that we need to 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 look at. Um, yeah. I know I mentioned earlier about culture, and I'm getting really, really big on organizational culture when we need to, and one of the things I tell young people, when you're going for an interview, be prepared to interview the person as well, the organization. Yes. Just so they're looking for the best fit for them. Be you confident the best and sure you. in yourself that this is a mm-hmm. space and this is a, a group of person that you'd want to be affiliated with. Certain buzzwords yeah. that you're looking, um, looking when you're when they're saying um, certain things, like look at them as maybe not red flags or maybe pink flags or yellow flags. Mm-hmm. Um, because normally people say things a nice sounding way, but then it gives you an opportunity to 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 see where they're coming from and what they yeah. stand for. Certain questions that you ask the person that was in this role before, why did they leave? Was there someone in the, pers- the position before, so that you understand what exactly you're getting yourself into? So mm-hmm. it, it gets you as the the organization sure that this is the person you're looking for, and you as well as the new candidate. Um, because nobody wants to keep recruiting, nobody wants to keep interviewing. Interviews no. are very stressful on both sides. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, that's the last thing I listened to that really had an impact on me. And I had cause last week to go back to Jones' um, manager's first aid kit and, mm-hmm. and to look at some some remind myself of some of the passages there as well. So I was reading that as well last week mm-hmm. again, probably for well, that book is probably you know, looks like your grandmother's Bible by now for me with mm-hmm. bookmarks sticking out dog ears, yes. sections and stuff like that because mm-hmm. um, I really appreciated that book and it just, well, for me, it felt like like a like a proud um, parent knowing, okay, I know the author. I know I could yes. read the words and actually hear Joan's voice saying it. Yeah, yeah. So I had that connection with it. So um, those two things um, last week and last evening are what I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking at. Um, working with a, a young manager right now, very, very good tech sound technically. But like I said, young manager, first time managing a group of persons. One of those persons is, is actually older than her. So, you know, all of the challenges that goes along with managing someone who is who is senior in age senior to in age. So mm-hmm. helping her along that way, you know, preparing mm-hmm. myself as well to have her, you know, self-awareness, understanding that you know you're managing people different persons different skills different different abilities different way of communicating and understanding and things like that so had to go back to my toolkit last week yeah oh nice very good i hope you gift her one as well the manager i'm working on it because she asked me um she asked me to borrow mine and i that there's some books i don't know no i don't know and no because that's one of them. <laughs> so I probably, I'll probably do that and go and get her her own, so that she can feel comfortable yeah. marking it as well, just as I exactly. do. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Thank you for sharing those resources. Appreciate it. So the big question: What are you? What is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? I said I it already. Loads, but... I said it. I said it. My biggest pet peeve is that where where you talk to someone and say, "Oh, HR isn't necessary." You know, HR is just fluff. Um, mm-hmm. One man told me, um, "HR, you're a big guy like you in HR. HR is not even necessary. Um, we just, you know, just thinking that you just need HR to hire, fire, and plan a party. Yeah. Um, I think that's what that what that's what gets me sometimes. Like, really. 
in 2023, we're still looking at HR like that. And yeah. I remember one of our, our members shared in the chat, I think it was last, was last weekend, there was an article, I think it was in um, HR Review, um, mm-hmm. with someone asking, when do you go to HR? Um, I read the article, but the comments under the article were even more interesting when people were basically, and I read almost 67 of the comments mm-hmm. and not one in the 67 I read until I got discouraged and stopped looking for a good one where people say never, never go to HR. They are pretty much mercenaries and henchmen for the organization. And um, before you go to HR, go to a lawyer, go to a union yeah. um, and that kind I of thing. I see a lot but, of that. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that, that you know, makes me feel indicted sometimes that we do have a lot a lot of work to do and sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes we're judged by our worst examples or worst specimens as well mm-hmm. so we do have exactly. a lot of work like you said to get people to be more comfortable in my space here um i try to get people to see uh coming to hr is not being punitive come and talk to hr it doesn't right. have to be if if i lift up my phone and say hey come and let's talk for a little bit um, you have 15 minutes, we can talk for a little. They're coming, opening the door, trying to figure out what did I do? How serious is it? How bad is it? No, it's not that. I'm just trying to, you know, how you get along, if there's anything else you you think we can do to help you. That mm-hmm. Those kind of conversations, rather than just coming to HR when it's a disciplinary matter or yeah. if it's bad news to share about the company, whether mm-hmm. it's you know, downsizing or something like that. So I think that's where we have our work cut out for us so that we can get people to understand that we're more than just this, you know, big stick covering you over your head. Um, a messenger of the organization and not really caring about workers and, and what their needs are. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's, that could definitely be a soapbox that I could stand on all day yeah. and just shout about and talk about because it really is sad Uh, And as much as we were talking earlier about, you know, the good things that we're seeing coming out of the pandemic and how some organizations really are showing that they really value HR now, um, there's still a lot of organizations out there that don't. But also there's still a lot of bad HR people out there who are making bad for the people that are doing really good things. And Mm -hmm. so... As a matter of fact, I got into a conversation with someone on LinkedIn just last weekend about about that very same thing because they were saying, don't go to HR, go to an attorney. And I was like, right. you can't paint all HR with the same brush. Yes, Correct. you've had a bad experience. I'm sorry you had that bad experience. But there are lots of great HR people doing really great things in their organizations. So if that person is a bad HR person, the only thing I could recommend is that they either try to fix up, do better, or they leave the profession because we don't deserve to continue to get this bad stick. But again, there are lots of different theories that I have around it, um, which, which would be a conversation (laughs) for a completely other time. But um, one of my biggest pet peeves in, in that same conversation is, you know, when organizations take up people in the organization and put them in HR and they don't give them any form of training or right. guidance or they don't give them a mentor, you can't just take up a receptionist because she won't be in HR and say, right, you're going to be in HR. You can't Sometimes volunteer. she doesn't want to be. Yes, you can't volunteer people. Correct. Right. So then when people have a bad experience with her, is she really an HR professional? Not you. 
You pick Jeez, up someone Jeez. from finance or, or from marketing and tell them, go do HR because we don't have no HR representation and we're not paying to hire a proper HR person because right. what is a proper HR person? You know, that kind of thing rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. seen it. If, if the person has an interest and a passion and we see the potential, um, we can work with her. But sometimes I've met HR, well, HR practitioners, persons with HR responsibilities. They are payroll clerks. And because they're familiar with the payroll systems and deductions and probably in this company, that's where we had most of the issues where people would come in and query a pay slip. That mm-hmm. person, de facto, becomes the HR person. Sure. Um, no training, doesn't really want to do it. And so no. you get, you know, I don't really care Um and so ends up being a bad experience. And then, like I said, really judged by really mm-hmm. a worse specimen, yeah. and which isn't fair because we it's do not. have a lot of us out here who are trying our best to mm-hmm. develop persons, to, to treat individuals, like to treat our HR, like understanding it's human resource that needs yeah. training. We're working with them. We're developing. Yes, sometimes get to the point where we have to have that conversation, Julie, we've tried. Um, and even though we, we know that you're a good person, you're just really not working out, but that, mm-hmm. that's not a conversation we have first, second, or even third time out. Exactly. This is after, you know, trying, we try it. So, and there are persons who, who would have fought for workers because we mm-hmm. do have, um, some really bad business owners and managers who oh, come yeah. and say, look, that guy on the outside with, um, his pant below his butt or whatever, fire him today. Okay? And so you sometimes have to back up and say, hey, and you explain the exposure. Um, what, why we're firing him because he's out of uniform or wearing the uniform improperly? Well, we have a handbook and the COC that says it's not a first, if it's the first time we're talking to him about it, we can't just fire him. Well, I don't care. Just write him a check and get rid of him. And sometimes we as HR persons, that's why we're looked at as, you know, mm-hmm. mercenaries for. And so we throw a check at the person and get them out the door. Yeah. And so back to my podcast last night, we're, yes, <laughs> strong mind, but a kind heart because yes. you understand that this person could. And I've seen turnarounds where you have guys like this or even young ladies who are given a really hard time in the organization, just taking some time and sitting them down and telling them, look, we see your potential, but there's certain aspects of your behavior that we really have to prune off so that we can have the best of you coming forward. And just taking the time with them, sometimes they become exemplars. And so um, we have HR persons who take that time and make the difference and eventually, you know, have the person um, seeing that they are capable of so much more um, than Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Exactly millions of us around the world doing really great work Correct. just being judged by a few bad eggs um <laughs> so sad but it is what it yeah. is so with that being said laurie Luard, you have survived your time in the sound booth today thank you so much for being here for, thank you for taking the time me. to have this conversation with me it's an absolute pleasure to have you here can you tell the beautiful people who are listening to this episode today if they want to reach out to you on social media, where can they find you? 
Well, I am on LinkedIn, Laurie Luard, um, by name. I'm also on Facebook and mm-hmm. on Instagram, which I don't, I don't really pay much attention to. I, I admit I only got onto Instagram when my son left for university because mm-hmm. that's all the young people communicate. So yeah. um, I, I am on Instagram at SKBEE268, paying homage to my SKB roots and 268 in Antigua. Yeah. Um, but I am on Facebook at, with my name and also on, on LinkedIn. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for right. sharing that. Well, it was a pleasure to have you. The door is always open. Thank this you. This is a great Louis. conversation and I look forward to many more. Thank you very much for having me. All the best to you and much, much success with the wonderful work you're doing with this and your your other platforms and looking forward to working together with you again sometime. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all other episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.